0: But for today's episode, we here at the Patient's Do Podcast would like to thank our sponsor, Iron Horse Racing, for coming on and sponsoring this episode for all you good folks out there. Iron Horse Racing has no markup fees, state-of-the-art communication, and unparalleled transparency. So come see why IHR is one of the most exciting horse partnerships out there. For more information, please visit IHRacing.com or on Twitter at Racing with IHR. Use the code PODCAST and you can actually be eligible for a special gift. And and include that, that you're hearing it from us uh, when you reach out to them. So remember, Iron Horse Racing, if not now, then when. Welcome back to another episode of the Patients Do Podcast. we got a fun trail for you today because my boy, my man from uh, the Friday Handicapping Show, you know him, you love him, Ryan Dickey, he's on. But before we get to him, uh, please like, rate, subscribe, follow, um, whatever you're doing, wherever you're listening to this, drop us a, a nice little review. And also feel free to check us out at, at peach P-I-E-S-C-H underscore Stu S-T-U-Cast on the Twitter. Um, come join the fun. We're producing a lot of great stuff. Ryan today, he we're we're just gonna do a little back and forth. He's got a topic, I got a topic since Peace is on vacation, which is a good thing. It's a great thing, Ryan. It's a great thing because I I, I told you before this, I was going to cut a real quick Ric Flair promo. Right. And here it goes. With a tear in my eye, I look up at the TV screen and I see a young man from Ypsilanti, Michigan, and he's putting on the green and white. He's signing up for the Spartans. And it just so happens to be the best high school basketball prospect since Lejean Brains. And I cannot tell you how tickled my my uh, nether regions were at that time. I was at full mass. A stiff breeze blows me all the way to India, okay? Like I'm, like I'm uh, Hernan Cortez or something. Okay, so it, it, what I love about it, what I love about it is you see all these shills, all these sheep in Ann Arbor. They sit there and they, oh, well, Juwan Howard, oh, Fab Five, oh, we're so great. Oh. He couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag, and now he's going to have to go up against the best player in college basketball since maybe Kevin Durant. Already, this guy is – Kevin Durant, and I, I don't care what you say about Zion Williams. and it, it, He's cool, great, great, uh, like really athletic, but he, he's, not, he's not a guy that can run all positions on the floor. He's not a guy that can step out, play the power game, step out to the corner, shoot the three. Like, he, he, what you're about to see at Michigan State is unparalleled. And I love it, too, because all those lemmings, the guys who are down in uh, Durham, North Carolina, and, and they, they tout up their coach who coaches USA basketball, and they say he's clean. He he's does it the right way, and he's just the best ever. Well, meanwhile, he's duck diving and dodging uh, this subpoena to talk about how he got Zion, he's diving it like, like, uh, like he's trying out for average Joes, okay? He's, he's going up against Global Gym. That's the way he's running from this. You got guys in Kansas who are nicknamed Dollar in their middle name because they pay for players. Got a guy in North Carolina who's living off the legacy of a dude who played there 35 years ago. Tom Izzo has done things the right way and it's finally paid off. We got a great kid. We got the number one player. And with a tear in my eye and Bobby Heenan in the background is probably nodding. Michigan state basketball is here. It's ready to go. Give us the natty. Give it to me. I want it now. Ryan Dickey, uh, just had to get that off my chest. We'll talk about that next week more in depth, but, uh, how are you doing? How's your day?
1: Well, I uh, wasn't hundred percent sure that we were going to start off talking about your nether region
0: <laughs> Well, you know full mass man it was it was a s- stiff breeze would I would have been gone Secondly,
1: anytime I could come on any program and dump on the University of Michigan, I am all for it. Um, you're not going to like it don't care. Buckeye born, Buckeye bred. When I die, I'll be Buckeye dead.
0: That That's, that's disgusting. But another quick thing, uh, here, okay, we can both join in on this. You <laughs> with football, us with basketball. If you <laughs> don't, Michigan, if you don't like it, learn to love it because this <laughs> is the future. This is what your life is. You can thank your khaki-wearing Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald look-alike. You can thank him for it. You can thank your idiot donors like Stephen Ross. You can thank all those guys. Enjoy 1945, the last time you won anything, or 48. Excuse me, Tom Harmon was on that team. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, you can enjoy the, the legend that is Bo, even though he never won anything you can enjoy your Fab Five and bring Chris Weber back, even though Ed Martin pays for all the players. Yeah. Yeah, time out. Time out.
1: Uh, oh, we don't have one.
0: No. Yeah. Well, I mean, me and you will get into it because uh, even though I respect Ohio State, I hate you guys with a passion. But, <laughs> you know, it, hey. you may. I may not like it, but I'm going to learn to love it.
1: Let's, let's talk about Khaki Pants for a second. Because okay. when he got hired, I thought that was just a great, great hire. I thought it was going to really, really benefit the Big Ten. I thought that he was going to bring that program to another level, and it was going to be great for the Ohio State and Michigan rivalry. I actually didn't. And, well, well, I did, and I was wrong. Uh, there is no Ohio State and Michigan rivalry anymore. It's just a walkover.
0: Um. Okay, so here's the thing about Jim Harbaugh. He is a good coach. He he is. Is he great? Mm. No. Well, he's a good college coach. Okay. I th- I think it's fair to say he's a good college coach. Sure. He may even be a good NFL coach, but he's a star that burns brightly. Um. Mm-hmm. It, he's gonna flicker out. He got. People forget this. He got run out of San Francisco, like the team was about to mutiny on his ass mm-hmm. before he left Stanford. He inherits a kid named Andrew Luck. He didn't draft or recruit him, but he mm-hmm. he got him. Um, yeah, he did a nice coaching job at San Diego State, going eight and four or whatever. That's cool. That's all right, right you know, and winning your conference, like that's great. At Michigan, you he was very inventive with the signing with the stars and the satellite camps. And I'm going to go have a sleepover at a kid's house. And every single year we're going to take the kids to go uh, give a Jersey to the Pope and all this great stuff. Right. Right. It's on the more of a cutting edge because Nick Saban's out at the, the cabin in the summertime. And he's like, just don't, don't get arrested and get ready for ball. Big difference, right? Uh, it it hasn't paid off, and no. you see all these Michigan uh, Kool Aid drinkers. They they just wh- wh- what do we call them? Walmart Wolverine fans. They go they go right. to the store. They get the hat, and oh, I'm a Michigan fan now. Um, th- <laughs> it's a program that is predicated on four star talent. And I I think recruiting rankings matter and they don't matter. There's a fine line, right? But when you yeah. look at Ohio State and what Ohio State's done, Ohio State's recruiting class has five-to-seven five-star prospects. Now, when you, when you say, okay, five-to-seven five-star prospects, that's looking at, like, the top 40 players in the country. Mm-hmm. That's sure. like having – five to seven first round picks yep. that's what that is and when, that's another reason why alabama is always good that's another reason georgia is always good that's another reason clemson's so good when you have these these year in year out studs monsters that are coming in yeah maybe all of them don't pan out but some of them do some of them do. And the transfer game is – I mean, these schools are starting to play it at an elite level. So, I think Harbaugh came into a, a moment in time where he's now competing with Wisconsin and Penn State for other things. And sure. And Wisconsin, I think you can make the case, Wisconsin's probably the best of that group. And Penn State and Michigan are fighting for underneath. Um, I would actually put Michigan over Penn State in the Big Ten. But he's just walked into a buzzsaw. And I think he's start, you're starting to see the fact that he's good. He's just not good enough. We, we, he's not Bo Schembechler. He's not Lloyd Carr. He's a different guy. Uh, I think he, he can't really call plays. I, don't, I think he's good at motivating and, and creating buzz. I don't think he's good at calling anything. Um, he's not a quarterback guru. Nope. Uh, Jake Ruddock, Shane Morris, et cetera, <laughs> et cetera. Ad-nasium. Shea Patterson. Yeah. <laughs> Shea Patterson. All I can throw is slants. Um, that, that's what he is, right? He goes for right. big names and can't cultivate anything. Uh, he put in a good staff around him, but if you look at the staff, here's the telling thing. This is all you need to know about Jim Harbaugh. He's like the Donald Trump of college football because oh boy. the staff that he started out with, they're all gone. Go take a look at that list. <laughs> they gone. They gone. And, and a couple of them, the couple, Greg Madison went to Ohio state, <laughs> you know, um, uh, it's, it's like how you start looking at what he's lost. Um, not good, Bob. It's not good at all. <laughs>
1: how many football programs, my college programs would love to go nine and three every year and go to the Outback bowl <laughs> at bowl season every year. Uh, Michigan, they, they think that they aspire to be higher than that, but they always fall short. They, they lose to Ohio State. They always lose a game on the road, and they always lose a game to somebody that they should beat, and they're always left holding the bag. But my question for you is this. If someone were to have gone to the University of Michigan, was a vegan, and did CrossFit, which one would they tell you about first?
0: you have a you have a paradox for the ages um yeah
1: have you ever met somebody who went to have you ever met someone who went to michigan and didn't tell you within the first five minutes of meeting you
0: uh okay so it's a loaded answer but yes Okay. And it was a, uh, I think the CrossFit thing came first, mm-hmm. sure. and, and but this was at Michigan, so it was kind of understood that they were at yeah. Michigan. Right. So I think that's the tough part. I think I think the thing with Michigan is it, it, it you have to really look back at their history, and um, we're going to well, go. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> you, you have to, especially in the last forty years, uh, the Bow years. The, the molar time frame, Lloyd Carr's tenure, and then you can take uh what happened after that. But I think the Lloyd Carr and Bo eras really illuminate what Michigan is. And Michigan is a really good recruiter. They get really good talent. Um at times they shoot themselves in the foot with uh scheduling they shoot themselves in the foot with steadfastness towards a certain idea like Lloyd Carr back in the day was 3 yards in a in a cloud of dust and you know he would open it up in a bowl game and they'd beat a florida or something and you'd go what the hell happened why can't we oh, so we can beat florida but we can't beat uh we can't beat you know northwestern on the road that, that's, the, that's the big one that really got us. Right. Um, that's, that's been Michigan historically. Now, Michigan is built in eight to nine win seasons. It's just built yeah. in. Michigan's yeah. better than Indiana. They're better than Michigan State generally. Uh, they're better than Indiana, et cetera, et cetera. And, and you've got the Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Penn State, Ohio State games up in the air. And they always lose a couple of those. And Ohio State, for the most part, doesn't. And even in the years where it's not a good Ohio State team, Michigan can't find the Big Ten championship. They are still looking after 17 years. <laughs> so I think it's a it's a long-term thing. In Michigan, for all the money they invest into the program, for how big the program is, they are – Notre Dame, Jace, and and that that's probably a good way, place to start off, because I saw. Are are you a big fan of Colin Coward?
1: I can't say that I am. No, I, I I'm not a detractor. I'm I'm just a. I, I I don't really pay attention. I'll say.
0: He did a... Uh, I, I think I sent you the link. He did a video on programs that. It's a weird thing because I don't know what he was trying to get at. He was saying um, the top year in, year out, most prestigious college football programs of all time. Um, There's a top tier and then there's the second tier, which is 12 teams in his mind that are capable of winning a national championship if they get the right coach and the right quarterback. So, the top tier... Your suck eyes, Bama, USC, and Oklahoma. His second tier: Clemson, Florida State, the U, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Michigan, Penn State, Texas, Notre Dame, and Oregon. And. So I, I heard this and uh, Peach is a big Colin Coward guy and I actually called him on this. Um, this didn't make any sense to me, it didn't. And okay. I I say it because if you're looking, college football is the weirdest sport to look at. It's so weird, um, because un, unlike all the other sports. It's really, it's really the only sport I can think of that's geographically aligned with, you know, where you are, like is how good you can be. Boston College can have some really nice seasons in the 80s, but where's Boston College now? Where is your, you know, Washington State? Nobody wants to go out to Pullman, Washington. Nobody even knows where that is. Um, You could be at TCU, and you'll have a good team every once in a while. But you're also eating like fourth or fifth at the dinner plate in the state of Texas. So it all depends on your proximity to recruiting pet beds. Where is that? California, Texas, the southeast. Yep. Well, the southeast in general, because Georgia's True. really strong, Alabama, yep. Louisiana, et cetera. The Carolinas are really great. So, I'm looking at this list, and if I had to rank right now, just I, I don't quite know what he's getting at because teams that could win—it's a conversation of teams that could win a national championship with the right coach and and right quarterback. Or is it a conversation of where programs are right now? And I'm going to take it as where programs are right now. And yes, Bama's in there. And yes, Ohio State's in there. USC is not there. And ever since uh, they allegedly paid for Reggie Bush and and assembled that 05-06 team, USC's been not so great and you see a lot of kids from California leaving they ain't going to USC Oklahoma's on that cusp but Oklahoma again how how great is your recruiting base in Oklahoma where are you getting kids where'd Mahomes you know uh not Mahomes but where did uh Mayfield come from where did Kyler come from they ain't grown up in Oklahoma right uh it's very, it's, It you're taking a lot of kids from Texas. You're taking a lot of kids from the Southwest. You're taking some of the kids from the Midwest. You're taking some of the kids from the Southeast and you're getting good kids, right? You're doing a great job recruiting, but I wouldn't put Oklahoma in there. To me, the teams that are at the top tier, uh, it, it really, it, it's, it's centered around what is your program about, do you have the facilities? Do you have access to talent? Do you have a stable coach? Do you have a fan base? Do you have the state? You know, all that stuff into account. Really, I think Georgia needs to be in there as a top-tier school. Um, You could try and make a case for Florida. You could try and make a case for LSU. Um, I, I would... Pretty much leave it at, for me, at this point in time, uh, Bama, Ohio State, and Georgia, and then Clemson. I know everybody's favorite, Clemson. Clemson's on there. Not me. They're on a fringe. (laughs) They're on a fringe. And I know everybody's like, oh, what happens when Dabo leaves? The Carolinas are a minefield of talent. Tennessee, when Tennessee was good, uh, and they're starting to get good again, which is scary, but when Tennessee was really good and your Albert Hainsworths and your Arian Fosters and maybe back before, you know, the descent into darkness, they were getting all those guys from the Carolinas. You know, uh, South Carolina even fields a pretty decent team here and there. Clemson is is – they're there. They just they got they got to have a little bit longer of a track record, but they're almost there. They're they're in this like they're their own thing, and then I think you can start including your Floridas, your LSU's. Uh, who else would I put in there? Oklahoma, I would. Texas, USC can belong in that group because they they have access to it and they have the tradition. Uh, but they they just they don't have the right situation to capitalize on it, and and that's my big thing. Um, how how do you react to a list like that? What what are the tiers for you?
1: Well, here's the thing: is that you were the the, the schools that you were just talking about. I think an outlier that that you didn't really touch on too much was was Oregon. Oregon's had a couple uh, seasons where they've had really 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 good. Uh, seasons in the pack, you know, pack 12. Uh, but they haven't really gotten all the way there year after year after year. So it's like they, they have a good year, a good year, not so good year, not so good year, then they, a good year again. So I think that they're a, a a division one school that's on the cusp of, of greatness. What? They can, sustain, can they sustain it?
0: Yeah, I think – well, here's what you got to remember, too. About 20 or so years ago, a guy by the name of Phil Knight, yeah. the guy who created Nike, right. decided I'm going to make Oregon a powerhouse in athletics. And that's why Oregon has 57 different jersey combinations sure. and all that. This is yeah. after Joey Harrington, right? And, and <laughs> Oregon had some okay Joey. teams, Joey.
1: Mr. Blue Skies.
0: Hey, Joey, you lost by 35 today. How do you feel? Uh, we just got to look at the tape. Um, I, I, have a great, I have a great
1: take on Joey Harrington. He was petrified. When he was on the field, he was scared. I talked to many people in the Lions organization who said he was just scared
0: wow. out there. I, I kind of don't blame him for the fact that, like, his offensive line was god-awful. Yeah. And then, um, you know, hey, you don't want to hurt your piano playing hands. But, uh, yeah, after that, you know, Phil Knight put all that money into Oregon. And it's kind of like the perfect storm where you have the best facilities on the West Coast. You have USC getting uh, shellacked by the NCAA. Washington which used to be something in the you know has that tradition and everything Washington kind of slipped off Washington used to be a power in the early 90s late 80s 70s they kind of fell off too and Oregon Oregon was right there to clean up they cleaned up and you know that's how you get your Mariotas and that's um They've developed a lot of n f l talent they've developed a lot of great recruiting classes and yes they're up and down uh but you're in the weakest the weakest power five conference in the in the country. you have a really good recruiting base because they're getting kids all up and down the west coast uh there's a lot of kids on that roster from Southern california um and they recruit nationally, too. I, I mean, they're in a perfect position to dominate. And, yeah, they, they could be moving up, too, uh, provided, you know, they string a few more years together like I think they will this year because they, they are certainly a dark horse uh, to make it to the playoff.
1: But just like, just like businesses in certain industries and industries in the grand scheme of the economy – they all have life cycles and some of them, you know, you, you talked about um, Harbaugh shining brightly and, 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 you know, petering out quickly, you know, there's, there's football programs that come and go and there's ones that stay for a long time. I mean, when I was growing up, it was Florida state, man. Florida state was tough all the time.
0: You know? Well, Florida and, state's a weird one too, because Bobby, <sighs> Bobby ruined that team. He built Florida State into a powerhouse, and then as he got older, uh, he just kind of let go. He just – and Jimbo Fisher, I mean, he got dead dirty over there. Uh, Like, his wife was cheating on him with, like, one of the biggest boosters at Florida State. He was having a ton of issues. Um, He took over a program that was not what he was – uh, originally promised when Florida State was, you know, running wild with Jameis. Uh you know, I, I think Florida State's a weird one. They they kind of drop back and they haven't fully recovered. Uh Mike Norville uh, is certainly not off to a hot start over there either with the comments he made. So uh,
1: another team that came to mind and you did talk about them. You you had them in one of the tiers or or Maybe one of the also Rands is Texas. I mean, Texas used to be a powerhouse back in the day, and they have not been really, really good lately. Uh, they're, they're they're getting there, but it seems like they're always getting there.
0: Texas used to have a stranglehold on the state, and now you see a lot of talent leaving. Mac Brown was able to encapsulate it for a couple years uh, with during the Vince Young days. But he let that go, too. I think Texas is really weird because they have everything in place. I mean, Austin is a great, great place. The university has tons of history. I think the problem is, is their conference. And uh, me and Peach last week talked about how I have a a, uh, theory that you're going to see Oklahoma and Texas move to the Big Ten in a couple, like two, three years.
1: Well, if we can get rid of Rutgers, that would be great.
0: Uh, you got to keep Rutgers for the New Jersey Ugh. market and New York market. Nah, no. Big Ten network about to be
1: huge. Yeah, it's just it's, it's it's just a shame that you know that Ohio State has to play them every, either every year or every other year. Just a waste of a waste of a Big Ten game for me.
0: Rutgers, yeah, um, is is a school. Rutgers got put in there for a television deal. Now, now, originally when the Big Ten was looking at expanding, they only called Notre Dame and Nebraska. And Notre Dame shot it down. And then they started looking, okay, who else can we get? And you have Maryland... Mired in in ACC, they 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 had a big falling out with the ACC. They weren't making much money with them, and they go, "Oh, the Big Ten would take us, and we don't suck."
1: <laughs> and it
0: opens up the Mid Atlantic. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 all TV rights deals. And yeah, that's I, what I mean, I get everything. it. I get
1: I get the finances behind it, but
0: athletically, especially in football, it's just. It's just a waste. You you would you would be shocked to know how how uh, convinced the Rutgers fans are that Greg Schiano is going to take them to a bowl game in a year or two.
1: Well, I mean, it's not really that
0: hard to make a bowl game anymore. So Rutgers is abysmal. To they are
1: abysmal. <laughs> they have to beat all of their non-conference opponents, and then they're going to have to win two Big Ten games. <laughs>
0: It's or, not hard. No, it's not hard. Would be
1: three actually, the number would be three. They'd have to win three conference games and then all of their non-conference games, right?
0: Generally, it's not supposed to be difficult to beat Temple, but uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know, for them, it's uh, it could be another story. Right? But yeah i I thought I thought it's hard doing those tiers because at what point do you cut the history off? And for me, like I look at college football. like i said earlier it's geographically aligned with recruiting bases but also it's a hundred and thirty year old sport right uh you know that has seen so many changes and when you start going well you know i'm a notre dame fan and we won 20 national championships 19 right. of which uh were when games were played on the radio uh African American people weren't allowed to play uh and uh you weren't allowed to throw the football forward then I right. can't really that's not the same game it's just right. not the same game correct uh it, it, that's the fucked up part of it you right. know and I think it's a really disingenuous thing to start getting well, athletics, uh and academics, you know, it's tough. Well, you know, it's tough for Stanford, right? Right. Stanford it's Stanford still fields a team that that can win the Pac Ten every <laughs> once in a while. Like, you know, I, I don't wanna hear this academics athletics problem. It it's a cop out. It's a cop out for Notre Dame, it's a cop out for Michigan. Um I yeah. think one of the things that you got to look at is the Southeastern Conference plays the game extremely aggressively. They they are in the hottest bed for recruiting, the most talent. Um, you know, it's a big win for Michigan State to get a kid out of Georgia or Texas or Florida, and that's par for the course. That's almost understood for these teams. They're not going outside of their state for the most part. To get talent, unless it's cherry pick guys that they specifically want, so they'll go to Ohio, they'll go to Michigan, they'll go to Nebraska or Iowa, and they'll go to the top player in the state. Hey, come down to Baton Rouge. We we play Alabama on national TV. The president's going to be there. Hey, we're going to be in the college football playoff. I mean, you can go to play for the Cyclones or Hawkeyes, but. You know, good luck in the, uh, I don't know what, what's Iowa play, uh, Wisconsin, uh, what's the pig, what's the pig trophy? Uh, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about? They play for a trophy. That's just a pig. Iowa play somebody, but like, um, (laughs) you know, that's, that's, that's the, the advantages schools have, um. I don't know. I'm just I'm itching for college football. My Phil uh, Steele magazine gets here in a a couple weeks, so I'm going to be binging on some Tulane Green Wave and uh, some Sun Belt football.
1: Right. I mean, I'm a degenerate. I like to bet on college football. I really don't like the NCAA and how they run things and their their outdated business model and they really. Oh, it's not
0: outdated. Oh, that business model is very updated.
1: Well, it's their, their, their line of thinking is outdated. I should say their the way, the way that,
0: they, Have
1: the way you that ever, they think the way that they see their athletes.
0: I want to say it might be on Amazon prime or it might be like a throwback on PBS frontline, but they did. There was a documentary talking about uh, college football and pain players and everything. Mm-hmm. And it was in like the fifties they like first understood like this can't ever get to court because it's a right it's a antitrust issue. Right it's a huge issue. But I
1: mean I went I went to a I went to a mid American conference school in the nineties and I live in the dorms and I know for a fact that kids on the football team would go to their little um their little campus mailbox at the dorm, and they would have a little envelope, and inside that envelope would be a lot of cash. And this is not a big program, you know. So, like I, I know that that's been going on in all levels of the sport for as long as people can remember. So, well, uh,
0: you know, like Christian uh, Dawkins said in um, that that HBO documentary about the uh, the scam the NCAA basketball. You know the wiretap that got Sean Miller and all them. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of it, he's like, "Oh, you think basketball's bad? Just, <laughs> just think about how football is." Yeah, it's happening. Let's just let's just pay him. I want my NCAA football on the PS Five. Um, <laughs> I hope it comes with a divorce attorney with it. Like, do you get right. like a rebate, fifty sure. percent off? I don't know. But yeah, so college football, hopefully you come back on, we can, we can run it back on some college football as we get closer to it. But uh, you had something you wanted to talk about. What what did you have lined up, Ryan? Well, you know, we're going to have a truncated baseball season. We're going to have
1: what, 60 games and, and yeah. playoffs and all that kind of stuff. And I'm okay with that. I'm I'm okay with a shortened season uh they probably should have made up their mind a lot earlier they probably should have come to an agreement a lot earlier and given us more games but uh what really bothers me is what they're going to do in the uh extra innings uh i'm not too upset about the dh going in the uh, national league that's fine makes sense to me i'm totally for it but in extra innings they're going to start with a runner on second base
0: uh okay <laughs> that's uh so that's a you can do that i guess uh does it, uh, what are what's okay am i brain farting what what is that does that mean like you, you could theoretically lose a no hitter or a perfect game right if just like you guy starts off at second there's an error and he comes home sure
1: well, here's 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 what I'm thinking is I wasn't I wasn't even taking into account that it could be extra innings and you're pitching a perfect game and all of a sudden you got a a runner on second and now you have no perfect game. What I was thinking was that you know for each I mean baseball has been keeping statistics forever, forever and ever and ever as far back as you can you can go. Now you're going to have a runner that got to second base for no reason whatsoever. And let's say this runner has a little lead off second and the pitcher's like, I'm going to pick this guy off. He turns, wheels, fires. Nobody's there. Ball goes into center field. Runner's already gone as soon as the pitcher makes his move. He rounds third, comes home. He scores in the bottom of the inning. Game over. How How do you justify that run? Where'd that run come from? There was never a pitch. There was never a swing. There was never a miss. There was never anything. I mean, how, how, how do you, how do you justify that a runner scored?
0: I don't, do you create a new stat? I mean, they have 550 stats. I mean, there's, well, there's way
1: more stats. I mean, when I was growing up and I was in high school and college and stuff like that, I was one of those encyclopedic. I knew every player in every team. I knew the lineups of every team. I knew what players played against left-handed pitchers. I knew the, uh, the rotations. I knew the bullpen. I knew who the, the long reliever was. I knew who the setup guy was. I knew who the left-handed setup guy was. I used to know all of those things. I don't follow it that closely anymore. It's been probably five years since I, I've stopped doing that. But oh, Here's my question. Why is that? Yeah. It's, it's, the older I've gotten, the more boring it's become the, the ba- baseball it's just the the games they last now so watching,
0: watching watching it but it, going yeah. to a game is still fun no i mean anytime you go
1: somewhere with a whole bunch of people and you drink and you you know
0: eat crappy food and you yell
1: at people because you have a bet on them and that's fun no matter what so i like horse racing
0: <laughs> hey giddy up uh yeah, really you're yeah, my but... kind of guy in that but no I mean I think you're essentially right where as kids it it was we could get with it to a certain extent but I think now with how I mean all the games have gone hockey's faster yep basketball's faster yep. football's much faster yep. um everything's just much more sped up and I think that's a Big thing against baseball. Now we'll turn on a game for a couple innings, but we're not going to watch. You know, the Tigers play the Royals for nine (laughs) innings straight. I mean, uh, if there's nothing on the line, who cares?
1: Right. I mean, I'll bet baseball too. I got no problem betting baseball, even though I don't follow it as much as I used to. I'll bet it, but I mean, I'm not going to sit and watch the whole game. Yeah,
0: it's tough. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think baseball's big issue is is three they have three major issues that i don't i don't know where it takes baseball to I w- i'd love to get your opinion on mm-hmm. the issues and where you think the future is because because you brought up some great points they're, they're altering the game yeah um and so so i think their issue is uh, like you touched on the the time the the boring factor uh Second of all, I think there is a huge integrity issue um, for a game that prides itself on integrity. It has none. Uh, When you look at the Astros, the memo to the Yankees, the Red Sox, then you start looking back at the steroid era uh, where everybody knew what was going on and it was kind of just under the rug, walk away from it. Uh, Some of these stadium deals that MLB is pushing for and trying – I mean, MLB's been trying to get a stadium in San Jose uh, for decades and threatening Oakland. Um, And they they play those big games, right? And then the CBA labor deal, which is, to me, it's 50-50 on the owners and players. I think it, the players wanting to get uh, paid and by all means, I mean the average major league baseball, you know, career does it. I mean, it's a flash in a pan, so you got to make hay while the sun shines. Um, Good one. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. It's a midwesternism. I know you know it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then it's on the, it's on the owners because, they clearly are trying to maximize whatever profit they can make yeah. in a time where there should be a baseball game on TV right now. Sure. Just bottom line, brass tax. It should be on TV. So, so how do we, uh, how do they deal with those problems? And and w- what do you think that leads to for the future of baseball?
1: Okay. Well, I'll start with the the the, the boring question Um, I've heard people complain that that baseball is boring it's it doesn't really go well with TV and the the response to that is always well you don't understand the intricacies of baseball well I'm somebody who absolutely understands the intricacies of baseball I I I get the whole money ball thing I get the whole um, you know statistical outlook I, I I get all of that and I understand you know when you have a runner on first and there's two outs and you want to, you know, you want to guard the lines and make sure that there's no doubles and and stuff like that. Like I understand the intricacies and and the strategies and all that, but it's still, uh, it's just, it's just a tough game to watch anymore. I think one good thing that's, that's coming uh, in this little shortened season is they're keeping the three batter minimum for the pitchers. The pitchers come in, they have to match or they have to face three batters. I yep. like that. I think that's a good idea. Uh, it, it got awful uh, redundant and boring when they would bring somebody in. You know, they just Righty. bring a lefty. Oh, yeah, there's the lefty in. up yep. next. Yeah, got they'd a lefty bring one up. Yep, come in, pitch one pitch, the guy grounds out, then they bring another guy in. It's like, you know, that, that got to be tedious. I'm glad they made that. I mean, not every uh, – change is a bad change i think that's a good change but back to the automatic runner on second i mean that is just i mean that that is one of
0: the stupidest things it's their uh, idea it's their version of the shootout
1: and yeah and what they're trying to do is they're trying to make it so so uh a team scores it's easy obviously it's easy to score when you got a runner on second and and, and nobody out
0: doesn't uh, well
1: it takes to take yeah takes a single but I mean both teams get it so I'm gonna laugh I'm gonna laugh so hard when every game that goes 10 innings goes 11 innings and each team scores once (laughs) you know you know the visiting team scores and the home team scores again now they have to go another inning they're like oh man that, that just ruined the whole idea I hope that at some point during this little baseball season that we have a 15 inning game Where each team scored at least one run in every extra inning. I think that's going to be great. I'm going to love that. I'll laugh all day long.
0: (laughs) I can't wait for that tweet. Uh, Where where do you think baseball is in five years, 10 years? Because you can see very clearly that I don't think they're getting a CBA done. Well, Uh, so there could be a very well be a lockout or short season again.
1: Yeah, I mean they're trying to contract the minor leagues. There's too many, too many professional baseball players, and not enough of them can, can make it to the big leagues. And they're they're contracting the minor league teams. And uh, I think overall that will bring higher quality total to the major league part. Wait,
0: wait. I, you know, you're you're touching on something that really bothered me. So the, these minor league teams you're contracting. Teams, you go out to a minor league ballpark in these. These aren't minor league teams in like Cleveland and Nashville and right. what have you. This is, you know, Richmond. Mm-hmm. This is Midland, Michigan. This Toledo, is, go Mud Hens. Hey, go Mud Hens, baby. Uh, Toledo, this is, you know, go on Scranton. uh It's like these cities that have these teams, people show up. People show up. And Major League Baseball came out and pretty much said like a year or two ago, hey, we're thinking about this idea. You better, uh, you know, put some money and invest in your ballpark because we're only going to take the best of the best.
1: Yeah, it's well, you know, it's gonna it.
0: kill the game in some of these cities. I guarantee you, they're they're losing fans because the kids that don't get to go to see the local minor league baseball game, that don't don't get an itch to do that, and instead want to go play basketball or they want to play football, they want to play, you know, w- golf. I don't know, whatever it is. Maybe they want to go out to uh, Charlestown. And uh, bet the ponies. Who knows? Um, Baseball is going to lose fans, and well, then on top minor, of that,
1: yeah, these yeah. minor leaguers they don't make they they don't make any. Oh, money and that's at,
0: the other part. They they pay these yeah. guys like twenty two bucks to play. They they get nothing. They get absolutely like nothing
1: at at the bottom levels. They're playing year round. I mean they're they're playing. They you know they they go to spring training and then they go to extended spring training and then they they play in the low A or rookie league and then they. They have at the end of the year. They've got uh, Arizona, you know, instructional league. They they play in So I got They're they're playing all year long, and they're not making any money. And uh, you know these these people are going to go the the way of the dodo pretty soon. And I, I agree with you. There's going to be a major impasse sometime soon.
0: With and this, a lot of those guys become coaches. They become yeah. teachers. They become facilitators right. for follow-on generation. Uh, yeah, I I really. I see how it's good to less is more. I see that aspect. But when you've had the same system in place for decades and decades, and they're still drawing billion-dollar contracts, right, TV contracts. Sure. Uh, What's going to happen in five, ten years? When It's it's going to be bad. I think I think you see them uh, slipping towards a level that the NHL is. I think they're heading there right now. They're certainly the. You could make a case if you included NCAA football that they're the fourth biggest outfit. Now I know the money won't, will say that that's not the case, but in terms of popularity and. And from what I – just a pulse I see, it's NFL, NBA, college football, and then you have your basketball and hockey. Basketball, Baseball's becoming like a niche thing. You're also talking about your core fan base is dying. Yeah. They're dying I off.
1: I feel, I feel bad because, you know, I'm in, I'm in my mid-40s. I was born in the 70s, and I, I probably should have been born in the 30s because when I was growing up, my favorite three sports were uh, baseball – and boxing and horse racing and let me tell you about joe lewis rocky marciano i know man i know i mean I, i guess i'm just an old i guess i'm just an old soul but baseball was my number one love i used to love baseball It used to be my favorite thing in the world and it's just it's just not anymore and it's, it 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 saddens me a little bit i i was a i was a boxing fan for quite some time and uh there the boxing just doesn't do it for me anymore thank god there's horse racing i love that still
0: but wow, also you niche, do
1: niche you, sport you, niche sport you you know is baseball heading that way towards the other the, the other two that i love I, probably but you know it, it'll always be there'll always be a spot in america for baseball
0: Yeah, there's going to be a spot for it. I I think you need to contract some teams. Sure. I think baseball would do well with the idea of we don't need to be everywhere. Right. And we don't need to have teams in every single, you know, possible.
1: The Florida Marlins shouldn't exist. The Tampa Bay Rays
0: shouldn't exist.
1: All right, you Uh, just answered my question. I'll say, you're, you're the commissioner. You have to chop two teams right now. So, you're going to chop both Florida teams?
0: Uh, Um, yeah, both gone and, and I would take a long, hard look at Arizona. Uh, let me see who else I would,
1: I would, I would, I'll give you a team. I'll give you a team right now. Go ahead. That would be that it would make total sense. They have a history. They have a history of – they used to have a, a good team for a long time, but they haven't been any good in, in, in recently, and they're not going to be as the Pittsburgh Pirates.
0: No, you can't. You can't. Can't? Can't. Can't take them Why? out. Why? So, I am Why? against – I am against 100% repealing teams that have been around for more than 50 years. Okay that's a hard fast rule when they yeah. took you can't have and, and pittsburgh's had a team in the majors since like the 20s okay but you can't you can't you can't take the the buck goes out even though they're god awful um
1: then make them pay make them pay some players and make them put out a team that's
0: well that's the other thing too do you edit yeah i And here's another thing. The salary cap needs to be put into place, but at the same time, it's hard to do that to a whole group. Like, hockey instituted it. Remember when the Red Wings used to be unbeatable? Like, they had a team with, like, the entire team was a Hall of Famer. Sure, (laughs) It was like a Hall of Fame team, you know. right? Like, oh, who's on that line? Oh, it's Shanahan, Hall, and Iserman. Oh, who's on this line? (laughs) Oh, it's Fedorov, uh, the Russian five. Oh, who's in that? Hasek. Oh, oh, okay. Cool. 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 (laughs) Tight, tight, tight. Um, but that was no salary. You got Nick Listrom and Paul Coffey
1: on the blue line.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) You just got like two of the top five best defensemen of all time. They're just hanging out. Um, the, that can happen, right? You can have the dynasty since, since they've instituted the Stanley Cup it, or the salary cap. Uh, the Stanley Cup hasn't been won by, like, you haven't seen these runs or these dynasties. You see some teams get hot, and then, you know, the Blackhawks were really good. <laughs> and then they had to sell everybody. They had to sell all their prospects. And it makes your trades and your drafting, you have to be on point. You have to be on point. And if you miss, it, it screws you up. Um, and that's the way sports – What about those, what about those Canadian teams? What about those Canadian teams winning the Stanley Cup? Um, You know, <laughs> I'm the wrong guy to ask because I was watching <laughs> CBC on Saturday nights, Hockey Night in Canada. So, you know, right. make me sports are – and they're all going back to their uh, – to their uh, jerseys, circa 1994. Okay, right. and and the Expos are coming back, as are the Nordiques. Jesus, bring back the glow puck too, while we're at it, huh? Dude, I I put a tweet out like a couple weeks ago. The the giant robots hit, hitting yeah. the flaming puck. Right. Bring yep. that back. Yeah. Yep. Um.
1: But the yeah, glow no. puck. That was a dumb idea.
0: <laughs> you don't you know what? looking back on it I don't think it was because I think it when you go back and you watch like the grainy fuzzy video from those like old games i watched like a little bit of a Red Wings Devils 95 Stanley Cup game right and I was like wow this is actually really interesting because I see this orange flame shooting through people you know uh it's i i think it's well worth it and and you know there's a lot to be desired with purists of the game yeah i got it well i mean if you want to know
1: where the puck is when you're watching a telecast of a hockey game Watch, well, the high def, fa- huh? watch the watch the players' faces. The players' faces will tell you where the puck is.
0: Well, with with high def and 4K, I mean, it's the, the puck might as well be glowing. I mean, yeah. it's it's easy to see. Uh that's another big thing too. I mean, I, Winslow, do you go to games or do you just like have some dudes over and watch the games at the house? Hockey game? Well, like you know, I live in Louisville, Kentucky now,
1: so there there's no such thing, but. When I lived in Detroit, yeah, we'd go to the, go to the games, but I uh, used to watch them all the time.
0: Uh, well, nowadays, nowadays, let's no, say it, no, Louisville, no. Louisville, Kentucky's on TV. you know, you can uh, sure, go to the football game, or do you want to have your buddies over and watch it at the house? Yeah, we don't. There, there's, no, I,
1: I got, I got nobody down here who wants to watch hockey games with me in Louisville,
0: Kentucky. Okay, so, I'll, <laughs> okay, so I, I'll attack the issue. I, for me, <laughs> for me, i I'd much rather stay at home. I'd much rather. Well, stay yeah, home. I mean, I can yeah, buy, yeah. I can buy a nice fifth. I can order some pizza. I can have my buddies come over. Maybe we throw right. a few bucks on the game. Maybe we're playing a little bit of cards and we're. We're just chilling. We're watching the game. Right. And I can do that for the price of one ticket. Right. So for me, I think, I think that's, that's another paradigm shift. I mean, baseball (laughs) games, you can go up to Nat Nats park and get $5 seats. Uh, It's likewise most other places, but like at a certain point, Uh, I'd rather just go pay for a $5 seat if I'm walking up to the stadium or, you know, uh, my buddy called me up. He's like, uh, Hey, you want to go see Ravens Patriots in Baltimore? And I'm like, I'd rather watch the game to be quite honest. I don't need to be there. I'd rather just watch it on TV. Right.
1: Back to my, back to my
0: degeneracy
1: and probably should have been alive in the thirties. Uh, I have been known since since I have um, cut the cable cord and no longer have the NHL network, I have been known to wager on a hockey game and listen to it online. <laughs> so I'm okay with listening to like a radio broadcast of a hockey game. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: okay. So I, I I'm just going to go out there. Right now, yeah. and yeah. say there is nothing wrong with listening to Ken Cal because Ken Cal yeah. is fantastic. Hockey announcers him. are
1: fantastic.
0: Right. Oh, his his voice is just amazing. Yeah. Um, and I bet that's what you were betting on because you could just take whoever given a goal and a half to the Wings and you win. All
1: right. Rest in peace, Dave Strader. Missed that guy.
0: Oh yeah, I know, I man, that was a bummer. And thanks for bringing that up as a bummer to end the show. Uh, (laughs) Friday, Friday morning, we're dropping our preview for the Met Mile, um, uh, July Fourth Stakes Day. It's going to be a fantastic card at Belmont. Is there any any uh, you know interesting info heading into that that you've heard through the grapevine yet, or no?
1: Not yet, unfortunately. It's usually Tomorrow, usually tomorrow will be when I start hearing some juicy gossip, and by Wednesday, everybody else will know about it. So,
0: beautiful, you caught, well, me, you, you
1: caught me a couple hours early for that.
0: Well, you know, we'll we'll catch you Friday for the preview, yeah. and and we'll get straight away. Uh Yeah, get, thanks for coming on, filling in for Peach. I didn't want to fight you or argue with you, so you're much more. Uh, you know, well accomplished in my, uh, my usual broadcast partner.
1: Well, like, you're, you're ugly and your mother dresses you funny.
0: <laughs> well, you, uh, you know, your mother was a mother. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. So anyway, <laughs> Ryan, well, thanks yeah. Uh, we will be back Friday with the handicapping show for Ryan Dickey. I'm Stu. We will see you. Friday. Friday,
1: Friday, Friday.